You're listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps aspiring professionals in film get where they're going faster by dissecting the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives in the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley. I'm Bob Rains. I'm the executive director for the Tennessee Entertainment Commission. Um, I am the film commissioner for the state of Tennessee. Um, I've worked on TV shows like Nashville, uh, Bluff City Law, and Still the King. Um, What I'm excited about and and what is new in our office is we are working on new legislation um, to help recruit uh, new film and television projects to the state of Tennessee. Bob Rains. Welcome to the Make It Podcast. Hi, Chris. Now, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Anytime. And I'd like to give the audience a little bit more context on you. I'm going to read from a bio. And as I always say, this is the Internet. So feel free to correct me if anything is uh, outdated or incorrect. Bob Rains is executive director of the Tennessee Film Entertainment Commission. Rains administers the state's film and TV incentive program, negotiates film, television and music projects and markets the unique aspects of doing business in Tennessee to companies throughout the country and around the world. Active in several entertainment and community organizations, Reigns serves on the boards of Film Nashville and the Nashville Film Festival. He also has close partnerships with regional film commissions in Memphis, Knoxville, and Chattanooga, and collaborates with well-known industry organizations like the Nashville Screenwriters Conference, Filmcom, Knoxville Films, Indie Memphis, and Southern Appalachian International Film Festival. Reigns holds a degree in business administration from East Tennessee State University and an accreditation with the International Association for Management Education. And so, Bob, I'd love to start right there um, at the top. Uh, College at East Tennessee State University, you were majoring in business administration, but while you were there, you had a job as a radio producer. So was that the work that sparked your interest in the field of entertainment? Um, yeah, I, you know, I would I would say so. Um, you know, uh, radio is a family business, um, and you know, I started when I was 15 years old. I would, uh, you know, I would get up at uh, five o'clock in the morning because <laughs> I had to go to. Um, I had a show that started at six o'clock on on Sundays, um, and I'd get up at five, and I would I would you know go to the radio station. Um, and we would bring in at the time it was, I would do the religious, um, show. It was like from six o'clock in the morning till noon. And, uh, we'd bring in, um, you know, preachers and, and, you know, and, and other people. And, and I would of course, uh, play music, which I was always, I was, you know, my favorite part of my, of my time when I started, you know, was being able to play music. And, uh, and I had this huge, just rack of albums. I mean, these albums, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of albums and, um, I would get to go and I'd pick out Dolly Parton or I'd pick out John Cash or I'd, you know, I'd pick out all, you know, cause 
you know, all these people had, you know, gospel records at the time. So, you know, I would go and I would, I'd pull all those out and I, and I got to play any music that I wanted to play for an hour. And, um, and so I, I just, you know, I really enjoyed that. And of course that was my very first job I, I ever, I ever had. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that definitely got me, you know, interested in, in entertainment. What are you listening to these days? Well, right at this moment, at this very, very second, um, I am listening to the Beach Boys Pet Sounds. That's that's what I have <laughs> on my record player right now. And so, um, uh, you know, again, an, an album passed down from my parents uh, to me. And so that that's what I'm currently into. Let me tell you, there are worse albums to listen to. That's a great one. That's it a great is. one. I, I, I love your taste already. Um, <laughs> You moved out of that space, though, once you graduated, and you actually did location scouting, but for a political campaign. So I'm curious, uh, that took you all around the state, and, and it's it's a, such an interesting story about how that sort of uh, light went off in your head to say, wait a second, this skill set applies to film location scouting as well. So I'm curious uh, about that. Can you talk to us how that light went off and what that was like? And then one thing I've never found out is which campaign was it? And did you guys win? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, when I was 20, I guess I was 24 years old at the time, 23, 24 years old. So yes, I I jumped on a bus um, and it was for a political candidate. Um, uh, He did not win. (laughs) Um, you know, it was, it was not a very good showing (laughs) to say the least. Um, I won't mention any names, but it was, it was not a very good showing, but I, I jumped on the bus and we, you know, in a political campaign, you know, you've got to go to the town sort of prior to your candidate getting there. And we would, you know, put together either, um, um, interviews, maybe at the local radio station, of course, or we'd bring out the news media, um, but then you also would have to sort of set up, you know, the, um, the, the stump, you know, where they were going to, to talk at and, mm-hmm. and what that looked like and where was that going to be held at? How were we going to bring people in? And, and so, um, you know, I got into doing that and uh, just going into these small towns um, in all 95 counties. So, I mean, 95 counties here in the state of Tennessee. And I got to go into these small towns. Uh, which, you know, it was, it was such a, uh, an amazing experience for me. I'm from a small town myself. Um, and, and talk with the people, uh, get to know the people, you know, uh, uh, coordinate, you know, with leaders of these towns, do it quickly, get it set up, um, implement it, um, you know, and, and make it happen. And that's what it was. You had to make it happen uh, because your candidate was, you know, behind you maybe by a day. And so you're always advancing, you're always advancing sites, getting stuff set up, working with partners. And so, um, you know, as I, you know, went through all 95 counties, uh, the, the campaign didn't do all that, all that well, to <laughs> say the least. And I ended up getting off the bus here in, in Nashville, Tennessee. And that was in 2002. I mean, in Nashville was a much different place in 2002. Um, you know, when I, when I stepped off the bus and, um, and ended up, uh, connecting, honestly, I connected with another person at the film office at the time. 
And she had taken the same, she had done the same thing I, I had done. Honestly, she was in a political campaign. Um, she had, um, you know, advanced sites and she knew that I had um, those skills. So actually she saw the skills in me first before I actually, you know, made the connection right uh, yeah. into it. She, she, she saw that, okay, he knows how to go to these small towns and advance it. And at the time filming incentives weren't um, prominent. See, there were no filming incentives at the time and so it was all location based and so you had to go if you wanted to recruit a film or television project you had to find the right location uh you know throughout the state and i just happened to have this unique knowledge that, that was very fresh on my mind um and so i was able to start applying that um you know towards helping um you know the uh the film office at the time um in in and finding locations and drawing those out and um, and that's sort of how I got the ball rolling and how I got and how I got started. I love that story. Um, you have been to every county in the state. There's very few people that can say that in any state. And uh, locations really make or break independent film, which is any film actually, but certainly independent film. And it's one of the shortcomings or things that aren't given enough weight in my experience uh, with independent film producers and, and directors and you've been around the block when we know that there's the smoky mountains here, we know that it's music city, but what locations, since you've been to every one of them, what locations are underrated or little known that you think filmmakers should consider? Hmm. No, that's a, that's a, that's a really, really great question. Um, I always turn to, you know, as far as uniqueness, the, you know, like the Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum, because if you're always looking, when you're talking about locations, you know, there's just a lot of locations that can be replicated, right? You know, over and over. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. everybody has a small church or maybe a small downtown, you know, all those kinds of things. But, you know, something like a Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum, um, which is sitting down in uh, Chattanooga. Yeah, that's an extremely unique location, um, you know, that if you're if you're an independent filmmaker, you can't get on railroad tracks anymore. And it's extremely hard to, you know, get in. I mean, even if you're a big company, uh, which I, I recently tried to work on this um, for another company, it is very hard. And so, you know, something like the Tennessee Valley Railroad Museum actually allows, you know, sort of filmmakers really from any sort of range to be able to access something like a train track and trains or period um, locations, um, you know, without necessarily having to have a huge, you know, budget, um, but having some really great quality. Um, I would also say, you know, some of the um, some of the West Tennessee locations, you know, we have the, um, you know, we have some of the some of the most, you know, beautiful, um, you know, lakes um, here in the state in, in large in large land and large, large lakes, um, mm -hmm. which can actually double for almost, you know, um, more ocean, you know, beaches, ocean, stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, some of the larger lakes that we have can be replicated um, in that way if they're if they're shot properly. Um, and so, so that's another replication, you know, that we, that people really might not know that we have here. And then there's, that's a great and then idea. there's, 
and then there's something like Fall Creek Falls, right? You know, Fall Creek Falls was used in Disney's um, live-action Jungle Book, and they replicated that as an Asian jungle. And it looks amazing. Um, and, of course, has the largest waterfall um, east of the Mississippi. And so, again, that's another location that that's hard to replicate, and it's very unique um, to the state. And so um, sort of taking you through, you know, a, a different uh, sort of, you know, different regions of the state because we have so many different topographies, right? But that's just sort of a little, a little touch point. And then, um, and then there's, you know, a place like Skullbone. You know, Skullbone uh, is uh, one general store, sits in the middle of nowhere, um, and has this uh, fantastic uh, sign with uh, cities from all over the world. <laughs> and it's pointing to all these different cities all over the world, you know, that are thousands of miles away in this little town of Skullbone. Um, so that is amazing feedback, Bob. I did not know that about. Fall Creek Falls in the Jungle Book, and I've yeah. never even heard of Skullbone, and I've lived here my entire life. So that is uh, great in, insight, and I'm definitely going to try to look up some pictures or just visit Skullbone. Thanks, thanks to you on that. And <laughs> you have so, like I said, it's it's a unique skill set that you have. Uh, do you ever think about running for governor in the future? Has that crossed your mind? Since no. you know every county, <laughs> that's a quick no. That's a quick no. Um, that's a, that's a <laughs> That's a quick no. That's a uh, that's uh, that's a different type of job. No, I I honestly believe that you know it's the privilege to to work with our our entertainment community because the entertainment community. I mean, the creative class. If you could just say creative class, the you know the the creative class is such a unique asset, um, and and I just really enjoy working you know with folks in our creative community. Yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah, that, I mean that makes that makes total sense. I think you're right on the on the money on that as well. Uh, it's it makes every day a, a great day if you know you're going to meet and talk to somebody, uh, even if it's hard. Uh, if you're going to meet and talk with someone that's a creative, uh, completely uh, agree with you there. Um, so let's get into that a little bit. The Tennessee Entertainment Commission and Tennessee Film Entertainment Commission. Who who are the customers? If you had to describe them, that creative class you talked about, and what are the primary services that the TEC provides? Hmm. So um, we rebranded, you know, we rebranded the Tennessee Entertainment Commission. It was the, the Tennessee Film Entertainment and Music Commission. Of course, that was a very, very long, long name. And so about three years ago, we wanted to rebrand it uh, into the Tennessee Entertainment Commission. Um, and then we started a uh, create here campaign for the state of Tennessee. And, um, you know, that was a way of trying to show the, the creative class. I won't go down that. I won't go down, down that road. We can obviously talk about that a little bit later if you want to put that to the side. Um, but, you know, for the folks coming in through, through our door, I mean, we get, um, you know, people working on, you know, commercials. We get people working on music videos. We get people working on, you know, feature films, television series. Um, we get folks working in music, uh, people wanting to do um, um, scoring uh, here in the, in the state of Tennessee. Um, and then we also work with folks that might be doing video game development or people that are, you know, creating 
um, you know, animation. Um, so, I mean, we work across sort of a broad spectrum of, 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 of entertainment assets assets here in the state of Tennessee. So uh, even though traditionally uh, we've been focused on film and television, I think that's what we're most known for. And that's still probably what we have our most focus on or on is on our production folks here. Um, because within that scope, you know, obviously we manage and administer the state's um, production incentive um, here. And uh, we also manage um, the, the statewide workforce production directory and also a, a creative talent directory that we that we have online and uh, we do locations. Um, so anybody that that needs to, um, you know, find a location here, we have a, a big database online that they can go and they can access. We also allow people to upload photos into the database to try to keep it fresh, keep new locations um, online for us, um, coordinating a lot of permits around the state. So we're a, you know, we're a, a statewide permitting office as well. So if you're going to film in any state park on any state property, if you're going to film on interstates, anything that the state of Tennessee owns, um, our office, uh, you know, it comes through our office. And then what we do is we help to work with all the governmental agencies. Um, just because if you're a producer, um, you don't know to go to general services or you might not know to go to, you know, safety or, uh, you know, the uh, department of environment, environmental conservation right. and talk and talk through the logistics. And so that's what our office, we work as an intergovernmental liaison um, agency as well amongst everything else to help everybody sort of find the, the right pathway. Um, and then, um, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, developing and implementing campaigns, promoting our state's entertainment sector, which I was talking about previously um, in regards to our Create Here campaign, which we um, have launched, which we launched in 2018, I believe. Tennessee is a very unique place because it's the one state, I think, in the entire country that is surrounded by eight different states. So what do you see as Tennessee's greatest asset and and what are the greatest challenges? So in the converse to that, to getting entertainment produced here in Tennessee? Well, I mean, I, you know, hands down, our, our greatest asset is our, is our workforce. I mean, that we have here, meaning our crew base, our talent and those talent resources that we have here in, in the state. Um, I mean, that is probably by far, you know, one of our, our greatest a assets. Um, that and I think, um, you know, combined with a, uh, a Tennessee or a friendly business climate here, mm -hmm. um, you know, that always makes it easier, uh, low barrier of entry for people coming in. Um, to, you know, to the state and, um, and, and, you know, utilizing the state's resources. Um, so I think, you know, we, we just, we have this cluster here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I call it a, it's a, it's a, you know, the, the sort of nerdy, I guess, term, terminology for it is a cluster based, you know, economic um, a landscape that we have here. And, and basically that is just where, um, that's where you have a geographic concentration of talent and resources or companies that basically generate this unique economic activity, um, that is not found in other regions. Right. 
And so, you know, that is here. Um, and, you know, this creates sort of this, or the cluster really provides these tangible and intangible benefits here, um, you know, where, um, you know, the cluster tends to naturally collaborate and to achieve goals that they necessarily couldn't achieve alone. Right. Um, and so that's, um, you know, that's such a, you know, that's such a, a huge benefit and an asset that we have here. It's a natural asset. Um, it's, it's, the, it's a bedrock asset, as I, as I call it. Um, and so, and I, I think, you know, the, the challenges that we, that we face, I think, is, is sometimes perception. Mm. Um, that's, you know, that's what I'm always trying to deal with on a very high level is, you know, the perception of Tennessee, uh, especially when you're putting stuff in a context from larger markets people that might be coming in from, um, you know, a, a Los Angeles or maybe a New York um, or even a Chicago. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes there, there's a perception here that, um, you know, that maybe we don't have a quality workforce or we don't have a quality infrastructure here. And so, you know, that was the reason why we wanted to put forth, you know, our Create Here campaign. Um, we wanted to highlight and profile, you know, people here in the state. We wanted to show what they were doing here um, and, you know, give people a sense of context of, you know, just because you might be in a larger market. And there's a lot more, right? And, you know, you can do a lot more and it's a lot more expansive in a larger market. But that doesn't mean that coming to, you know, um, a market like Nashville um, or even Knoxville, Tennessee, um, which, you know, you probably call a secondary market um, place that there is not quality because it is high end, high end quality. Right. And I will argue that you can get it, you know, at a, you know, at a, um, a very competitive rate um, in, in context to the quality. And so that's what, as far as the challenge is what I'm looking around me all the time. I'm always trying to, you know, bring people in and say, you know, I don't want you to look at it through the context of a bigger market. You know, I, I want you to, you know, I want you to look at it on its face quality and what we have here. And, and let me tell you, every time, <laughs> every time, I mean, there is not a time that I don't have somebody leave the state of Tennessee, whether they've done film production, they've done a television series, whatever, that they don't call me and say, wow. I didn't know, you know, that, you know, so-and-so, you know, that it, whatever it is that they might have had this, uh, you know, preconception about it. And they always leave with this positive, you know, wow, I'll, I'll be back. And then what that does, somebody else calls me and mm -hmm. they say, they say, um, you know, my friend told me to give you a call. Yeah, I think it's powerful. You're quoted as saying that Tennessee is a boutique state and, uh, and that there are nuances of working in Tennessee um, one of them, for example, is the lower cost of living and, and sort of how that plays out um, over the long term, let's say, of a TV series, for example, uh, from an economic standpoint. But but to give the audience that this, this global audience a sense of what we're talking about here, you know, Tennessee is a balanced budget state. We are buffered against Georgia, which. Let's, you know, let's just be frank. Georgia has sort of the world of film has shifted to Georgia based on sort of this this race to the bottom 
subsidy plan uh, that has a lot to do with visual effects, but other areas as well. Obviously, the type of uh, um, grant program or tax program, depending on what state you're in, how it plays out. So we see films are getting made in Toronto, Ontario, the UK, New Zealand, Georgia a lot. Um, what are some of those other nuances that you would say is sort of our best weapon for competing with Georgia right now? You know, right now what I'm seeing as far as when I, when I talked with producers that are looking maybe at a, at a Georgia, um, I'm looking at a certain price point that they want to get into when it comes to their production. Um, mm-hmm. Typically, what I am seeing is that you always have to carve your niche out. It, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, it doesn't matter what business you're in. I, I'm, in I'm in a business, even though, you know, I work for the state of Tennessee. I am, I am in a business. And, and obviously, I have other competitors. And you always want to try to figure out what your niche is. And what I have, you know, figured out through my years of experience, especially with Georgia and what's happening down there, is that, you know, we are able to service um, independent films um, Mm -hmm. here in the state of Tennessee, where Georgia, you know, Georgia has the big franchises there. You know, they have Trillith now down there. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a different level of filming. And, and what happens, you know, in a Georgia, let's say, is that, you know, rates get pushed up, um, you know, uh, services get get pushed up, meaning, you know, cost increase, um, the availability of resources um, become very limited. And if you're somebody that has a $5 million project, you know, and you're looking at a Georgia um, you know, the first thing that you're probably going to see is that there's going to be a limited availability for you under the budgets that you're trying to deal with um, on what you can achieve there and what kind of quality that you can push up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a producer, you're going through all the all the scenarios. Now, on the back end, you're saying, OK, I'm going to have problems with my workforce. Um, you know, because what, what ends up happening to all most of these producers, at least the ones that call me and they're coming over the line to Tennessee anyway, is that it's, hey, I got this going. However, another production came in, a big TV series or something that is studio driven. And it basically my crew jumped on me and I ended up having to, to replace with other crew. Then they ended up getting something else. And so, you know, it's always sort of a start and stop with them, which obviously they're burning, they're burning daylight and burning money mm-hmm. at that time. And so, you know, they're looking at something like uh, across like Tennessee, you know, and they're saying, well, listen, you know, I've got a five million dollar project and, you know, you know, I can, you know, I can bring it to the state, to Tennessee. I can get high quality workforce here. Um, I can get the, you know, the necessary infrastructure and services that I need to create it through pre principle and even post-production. Um and, um, you know, I'm able to put out a good quality product. I'm able to do it within the deliverable and within the timelines and within the budget that I'm trying to, to do it in. 
And so I have proven this out time after time after time with independent producers that are looking maybe at other states and they're trying to put the puzzle pieces together and they're saying, well, Georgia has a good incentive, but I can't get the, but I can't get the, the workforce. Um, or, you know, Mississippi has a good incentive, um, but they don't have a workforce. So mm-hmm. I got to bring everybody in, you know, Tennessee just sits at this sort of, you know, it, it's a niche, it's a niche. Uh, and, and the niche is, is that we are able to service. And I'll even say, I mean, we, you know, we, we service stuff that, you know, these, you know, Nashville is a $50 million production and we've serviced other TV series that are 30 million, $40 million. And that's, and we have that capability here to push that. Um, but on a, on just a, on a, you know, bread and butter, you know, you know, what can we do on a consistent level? I'm always seeing these independent producers coming and looking at the economics and finding that Tennessee can work, even with the incentive, not being as competitive. Um, because to them, it's a trade-off. You can get 30% in Georgia, but you got to transfer that credit. Mm-hmm. And then once you pay the higher rates, and once it all nets out, you're still getting probably 22%. So, you know, if you can go a cash rebate with the state of Tennessee, get 25% cash rebate on what you're getting here, you don't have to transfer credits. You're just getting a straight grant, and you're not having to deal with the issue. Well, your bottom line still comes out um, a little better. Um, and so, you know, those are the types of nuances that I'm always sort of pushing and pulling against. Um, yeah. with productions. Yeah. And I'd love to just to speak on that a little bit, if you'll allow me, which is, you know, we shot something down in Atlanta and it was, uh, compare, comparably speaking five X, the cost of what we shot in, in Nashville. Um, now I will say there was, um, just a large availability of, of sort of people who could work crew and, and camera and things like that. But the, the issue we found was that the work, uh, was not personal to those individuals. They were almost like, uh, mercenaries and it helped formulate one of our tenants and principles, which is no mercenaries. And the thing about hiring in Tennessee is that, uh, even if you, don't know them for the most part, they take the work to heart and they become part of your project. It's just a personality. It's a temperament that exists within such a competitive state around sort of entertainment and quality entertainment at that and and work. And so it's not something that you can run a report on. You can't pull a metric from it, but it, it, it does exist sort of in the, in the lifestyle and the, in the mindset and temperament of the workers here, Bob. No, and I, I, I totally agree with that. And that's, you know, um, you know, that's why they call me after they get through filming here. <laughs> they, <laughs> they always say, you know, it's, it's just it's always the same. It's that, you know, you have a terrific crew. You have a terrific crew. They are, you know, they are highly skilled. They showed up. I mean, and they did the job and they produced a quality product. I mean, that is what I get hands down. I never have anybody call me up and and say anything negative about our crew i mean you know it's um yeah no it it is i mean the people here are passionate about what they do and you know and we're not jaded you know we're 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 just not a jaded community here 
Yep, totally agree. And so I want to get some numbers out to you and see if they're still correct. So yeah, it's 30% grant on salaries and 25% on, on all other spending. Is that correct? No, or has that changed? No, it's it's twenty percent. It's twenty five percent across the board. So okay, so it's now it's twenty five across the board. Got it. Yeah, so it's twenty five across the board. Now, now what you're talking about is you're talking about the uplift. So if you just look at the basic, you know, program, it's twenty five percent. Independent production comes. They're going to be, you know, filming here. It's twenty five percent across the board. The thirty percent. There is a five percent uplift for. For crew, right? For for resident crew, resident crew. Yep. for resident crew. If you're doing a series, a TV series, um, because one of the things that we wanted to try and focus on, as far as strategically, was how do we cultivate more series work, and especially what was happening with with limited series, right? You know, we no longer had to necessarily get the 22 episode fully loaded network series. It, you know, it started evolving into, well, we can do an, an eight or 10, you know, episode limited series. And that was something that was also fitting well within the scope of our incentive, um, you know, where, where we could sort of reach that. And I think, you know, I wanted to make I wanted to make the step forward to say, what do we do to try and, you know, uh, bring that series work? Because the series work is what keeps people working longer. It brings more infrastructure or vendors or services sort of around that. Again, that goes to cluster-based economics strategy. And, and that's what I work off of. I work off, you know, I work off that strategy of cluster-based economic strategy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I understand that to work very well. Um you know, what I never wanted to do is I, um, I never wanted to artificially inflate our market. And, you know, and, and not saying that I ever really could have, right, I mean, just because of our tax structure here in the mm-hmm. state of Tennessee. But I, I was always very sensitive to the fact when I watched all these other states ebb and flow, you know, they would come on and they would put huge incentives up on the board, but then they would collapse, you know, mm-hmm. after a year or two. And then they were never, ever able to get back going again because it collapsed. And right. so I always sort of watched through the lens of, I was never going to go head to head with Georgia uh, because they were just going to, their tax system was different. But but again, how were we going to build that, 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 that cluster-based economic strategy without artificially inflating our marketplace. And the great thing is, is that if incentives in the state of Tennessee probably went away, you know, tomorrow, it's not going to collapse our system Mm -hmm. because it's on such solid foundation at this point. Yeah, I love that. And what you're talking about, just to clue the audience in is, you know, Georgia has a state income tax. Tennessee does not. Yes. Um, Thank you. Is there still, oh, no problem. Is there still uh, 15% on P&A coming out of Tennessee or is that long gone? No, that's that's long gone. About ten years ago, we um, we just re you know we redid the program because it was basically coming you know under a you know we it, it was a bit convoluted. So we just brought the grant underneath the Tennessee Entertainment Commission, just made it a grant, and then did a twenty five percent across the board. Got it. Got it. Um, thank you for that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, arguably, I would say your best work of late is, is putting together and, and look, 
Nashville was incredible. $225 million spent over five years, five, six years. It's great accomplishment. But when I read the story of how you put together an incentive package for Bluff City Law out of Memphis, uh, I was just uh, blown away at the at the ingenuity between you and Lynn uh, Sittler. Uh, what, what are some of the behind the scenes legislative mechanics and negotiation stories from that negotiation that that uh, might surprise us that you can share? <laughs> oh, uh, so that's how the sausage is being made. Nobody, <laughs> nobody really wants to see how the sausage is, is being made. Um, no, you, you know, when you get the opportunity to, you know, have a bluff city law, you know, come to, to the state, you know, that is something that, um, is again, it, it's such an important economic driver, right. To not only, not only, um, training new people, right. And training our workforce, um, but to obviously creating jobs and to bringing new infrastructure and new services. And then there's tourism on top of that. And then of course it's, it's Memphis. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, you have to take all of that, right? I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm a salesperson. That's what I do. Mm -hmm. I sell, I sell upstream and I sell downstream. Um, and so when something, an opportunity hits my desk, you know, you know, I am talking to the government leadership and, and I am putting it together um, in a framework that is, you know, you know, this is great for high quality jobs. You know, I, I am always, I don't frame it up as a creative stance, you know, because, you know, sometimes that, you know, it can work on, on certain, you know, on, on certain levels, but I always want to be framing it to the state of Tennessee and to my government leadership as mm -hmm. this is what is good, the good of the entire state and good for the entire city. And this creates high quality jobs. And this is going to bring new services into the state of Tennessee so they can service these TV productions. And this also can have a really great um, impact maybe on tourism and show Memphis in a very positive light that, you know, we want to project onto the world stage. And so, you know, I am constantly sort of going, in, you know, my phone calls, you know, I, I, you know, I can have 20 calls in a day about one thing that I'm selling and I'm trying to put the pieces together and it's all about driving it up. It's all about framing it the right way. And then you're driving it up through, you know, government leadership, because keep in mind, if you're the governor of the state of Tennessee, you know, you are focused on other things. I mean, you are focused on, on a huge state, you know, you are focused on, you know, the, um, you know, you're focused on roads or you're focused on broadband or, you know, you're focused on people's daily lives. And film and television doesn't necessarily impact people in that sort of broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so what I have learned to do through my job, which is sort of, you know, is unique is to be able to take something like a TV series, you know, which has sort of that creative, you know, um, you know, part of it, but yet boil it down into something that is accessible, you know, by government leadership and are tangible by them to say, yes, I see what this can do, you know, just on an economic level, I can see what, what, what this can do. 
Um, and and th- those are the conversations. That's how that's how I get Bluff City Law. That's how I get the money. And I partner with people like Lynn, right? And I partner with, I mean, I've got tons of partners. And I'm always, you know, partnering and getting support behind what we're doing. It's a true relationship business for sure. And um, early on in the negotiations for Bluff City Law, you had to work with a new governor, Governor Bill Lee, and and try to understand how he was going to uh, do things. Uh, what do you, How do you think he's doing so far? Well, I mean, I think that he's had to he's had to deal with a uh, with a pandemic. I mean, that's uh, you know, I, I think that you know he um, you know he's had a lot of challenges, um, you know, coming out of I guess it probably his first year um, and sort of into this pandemic, and and I I, I think that he. He has done a, you know, a good job in, um, you know, in, in trying to make sure that, you know, people all across the state of Tennessee, especially in rural areas, because I know, you know, that's a huge focus in trying to get resources um, to people in rural areas that, that need them to, um, you know, to, to thrive. You know, we don't want to leave behind our rural areas. Um, I'm from a rural area. And, you know, we, we don't want to leave those, you know, those, those folks behind. And I think that, um, you know, his focus and concentration on trying to help on trying to help people in our more rural areas, I, I think it lifts all of us, you know, personally. And then, of course, um, on top of that, again, like I said, having to deal with a pandemic, which is shifting from day to day. Um, and having to sort of deal, you know, just with the undulation of all of that, um, but, um, you know, he, you know, he's a, he, he's a, he's a good man. His heart is in the right place. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, he is uh, continuing to, to do the best job uh, that he can for the citizens of Tennessee. Thank you so much for that. And I agree with what you said too. I mean, about 90% of all the creatives we work with say they got their start being a PA on some set. So it's like when you bring productions to town and you hire local talent, and then they can be on the lowest rung of production, but that inspiration they get, that 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 bug they catch of wow, okay, this is what it's like to be collaborative and to uh, create something fresh and brand new and fun and, and, and quality. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to keep going. And the contacts they meet and they're networking, and then one day they're a PA, and then the next day they're doing wardrobe and you know et cetera. So. It really does make a difference to bring these things into town and it does uh, and into the state and it does change people's lives. Uh, you, you mentioned COVID. How have uh, how have you dealt with COVID? How has it affected entertainment production in Tennessee? Well, you know, I um, you know, when when it uh, when it started, uh, or at least when we went into that initial lockdown, which was March of last year. It's unbelievable. But um, yeah. we saw. You know, we we saw at least the permitting and the you know just the assistance, everything that we were doing through our office, and we saw it go to zero. You know, where we were working with, you know, you're working with thirty productions a month, and uh, or forty productions a month, and you know you saw that just go down to zero. No permitting, no no anything, and. And then the stuff we had in the pipeline, because see, I'm always, you know, I've got, I've got a hundred projects. I'm always dealing with those projects. They're always moving. They're always fluid. And they're in my pipeline, and all of a sudden, all of that stopped. 
um, and it stopped. And so I had never seen that before. And, um, and of course, um, you know, we, you know, we jumped, you know, into the response mode. And so the first thing that we did, you know, as a commission is, you know, I set up, you know, our, our COVID um, response site, uh, which was on our, our internet where, um, you know, folks could go, they could one, they could see sort of the latest information on where we were at, um, meaning that, you know, you know, what was happening in, you know, Memphis versus Nashville versus Knoxville, because, um, you know, they, they all had different health departments versus what was going on in the state of Tennessee in the remaining, you know, 92 counties, um, which is under the state health department. And so all of that was having to be coordinated, um, you know, making sure that there was um, just a center, um, you know, point for information, just just information to be going out because it was changing. Um, then we, we set up a, a page for foundations and funds, uh, which we populated on there. Uh, so people at the time could go on, you know, if they needed assistance, they could have sort of a, a central point to go to, um, so something that was vetted. So, you know, you weren't getting scammed. They could feel comfortable about, you know, participating in some of these funds and foundations that were wanting to help at the time. Um, and then, you know, we started uh, we, we started working with the governor's office um, and his Tennessee pledge to put together safety protocols for production media. And, of course, this was before this was, you know, before the union, of course, had their, you know, because everybody, you know, they were sort of working on it. But, you know, we had put together just some basic guidelines that we wanted folks that were doing commercials or music videos or just doing any content creation. You know, you might not be a TV series and signatory. Right. So how are you? you going to react to this so we we put that you know out there as well you know under the tennessee pledge you know in coordination with our health department and the governor's office and so um and people were using it and you know taking it for what their needs were going to be and, and so you know ours was a very reactive um in the beginning of this is just trying to put some you know solidarity some information you know, there that people could go to, um, and then helping people out with unemployment insurance. See, you know, mixed income earners were having a just a tough time trying to negotiate the pandemic insurance and the state employment insurance because oh, yeah. it was, you know, because the systems weren't set up for that. And so, you know, we were bringing um, we were bringing experts, you know, and doing some webinars to help people, you know, understand how it worked. And we were working with organizations like IOTSI or SAG-AFTRA and just trying to bring everybody to the table and trying to help everybody understand how this was working and to help the government understand, hey, this is a problem you're having. You have mixed income earners. You know, they got a 1099. Your system set up for a W-2. And I learned a lot about that, you know, in my capacity. So, you know, in my office, I ended up having to drop recruiting and then I went into this mode. And so, you know, we, we, you know, we went through that, you know, we, we, you know, went through that still dealing with the insurance issues, you know, still trying to help mixed uh, income earners mm -hmm. um, on the insurance side of things. Um, but hopefully we're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel and we're seeing an uptick in production. I've got a TV series called Women of the Movement currently mm -hmm. filming in, um, in Memphis, in Mississippi right now. Um, 
And, you know, that's an ABC TV series. Um, and uh, it's about the story of Emmett Till. And it's, oh, and, it's wow. a, and it's through the eyes of Emmett Till's mother, um, uh, Mamie Till. And, you know, it's an amazing project that was put together by uh, Jay-Z and Will Smith. And, uh, and, of course, the folks at ABC and Capital Entertainment. Um, and so that's going on right now. And, and of course, we've seen a 40% increase in production sort of month over month since March of last year. So, of course, people are going and, you know, people have been getting and, and people have been innovative. I mean, people have been so innovative in, in just remote production, um, you know, doing stuff remotely and making it happen. I mean, you know, I mean, people in the creative industry, I mean, their their passion is I think that's what I love about it. Their passion just awes me because, you know, they love what they do so much. Even in a pandemic, they will find a way to still do what they love and to make it happen and to, you know, make quality happen. And it's, you know, like I said, I'm always awed. <laughs> yeah. I like, likewise, for sure. That project sounds incredible. And yeah, when, when, when COVID started, we all got to work at, Bonsai Creative created a back to set guideline as well. Put it, put it out there for Mayor Cooper to use, and 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 certainly um, on our website as well. Um, and again, this was like sort of before the unions came forward, and uh, and had theirs. Uh, you talk about the creatives in this space, and you have this amazing purview into um, the creatives that really drive everything that uh, comes out of the state. What would you say are the top two or three mistakes you see filmmakers uh, making? And, and what can they do to avoid them if, if you want to touch on that, too? Well, I mean, I think not understanding the market, <laughs> not understanding market or not understanding our market conditions. Um, you know, when I see folks, um, you know, that come into the state, uh, sort of going back to what I was saying earlier, they, they have this, you know, preconception of what our workforce and our resources and our infrastructure look like here. And either one, they're underestimating the talent and the creative quality that can be produced, or they're trying to recreate a business model um, that might align more with developed markets, um, you know, than, than here. So, um, you know, I, I see that a lot, you know, with, with folks uh, as far as like the mistakes um, you know, I, I think people, you, you have to come in, you have to, um, you know, um, understand the community, engage with the community, integrate, right, um, you know, with, with the community and, and understand what the market is here. Um, and, you know, we're also a close-knit community. And so, you know, reputation and integrity is extremely important in, you know, in this, in, in this community, because it is small, you know, the positive is low barrier of entry. You can get into it, but once you're into it, you know, you, you have to maintain a good reputation and you have to walk forward with integrity within this community because, yep. because you are called out very, very quickly here. Um, and so that, that's some of the, now, that's some of the things that I have just seen or found, you know, over the years, um, you know, with 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 folks, you know, sort of making their way through the through down through through the path. Yeah, I agree. Spending time out in L.A. 
you can actually navigate that community as a absolute shark and um, weasel <laughs> and, and, and con con artist uh, and not be called out on it because the community community is so large. Right. And, and we've run into some of those characters out in L.A. And, and we always think to ourselves, how are they still operating? How are they able to come back with some new company or or new scheme and people still fall for it? Because you could never pull that off in Tennessee. It's such a tight knit community and it's so small. You know, once you're put in that box that you're branded in a certain way, like, yeah, people will call you out quick here. I, I totally I agree with that, Bob. You just you couldn't navigate that way here <laughs> yeah. at all. It's been so awesome talking to you. I only have a, a few more questions for you. I want to read a couple of numbers because you have provided over $70 million over the last decade or more. So I'd say $70 million plus over the last 10 years in grants. You've brought in approximately 700 million to the state in economic output. These are incredible figures. You have driven the scoring, the film scoring to number two. We're the number two place in the country or Tennessee, I should say is the number two place in the country to do film scoring, even though uh, there isn't necessarily a ton of scoring studios here. That's an amazing accomplishment, Bob. What is your vision for Film Tennessee? I think, you know, long term, you know, I I go back again to this, uh, you know, I always say, you know, cluster-based economic strategy. Um, you know, my my vision, you know, you know, looking out another 10 years um, is to continue to try to exploit, I think, one, the migration of, of industry professionals that are coming here to our state. Um, and then, you know, also the technology disruptions that, that are happening. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that is building and clustering, you know, a concentration, a geographic concentration here in the state of Tennessee. Um, and I want to make sure that we are inclusive of all entertainment properties, because that is the way to continue to build the solid foundation, to continue to attract talent and vendors, and to also um, make ambassadors, people here in our state that act as ambassadors to larger markets, either international or domestic. And so, you know, for me is, is I look at it on a very grand scale of mm -hmm. saying if if I'm bringing in more music people and more music talent, obviously talents attracting talent, they're being able to do you know more audio post production. The same as I'm bringing in more creatives that are working on just doing branded content, you know, for the state um, or you know, film film and television, you know, for a state any content creation for the state. Um, or we're developing out, you know, people on the techno technology side or what we call creative technology around video game development or around animation or AR and VR. I mean, again, you're building out, you know, this cluster-based economic landscape that you need um, to, 
to have the solid foundation and to solidify and work together because all of these verticals merge. Every single one of these verticals merge. If you look at it from a 30,000 foot view, it's all merging and they, and they all cross with one another, you know, meaning that, you know, you just don't have to do one thing in film and you could cross in all of these other different scopes of media and make money doing it and make your living, not just having to look at through, you know, one thing or one industry um, because all of these skills are transferable. And that's the other thing. When you look into it, you just see all these transferable skills within the, within the entertainment scope. And so, again, my vision is to keep trying to push us, again, you know, towards inclusiveness on, you know, within the different sectors of, of entertainment. And I think, again, that is what builds the foundation, well, regardless of incentives and regardless of, you know, the shifting, right? There's, there's just a lot of shifting going on in the entertainment industry anyway. Um, but I think, again, just can continue to build the foundation. And it's slow. It's, it's very slow and it's very methodical. And I know people wish that we could just have a big Georgia incentive, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and and blow it up and, and make it, you know, something else. But I, um, again, I never see our tax. I never see our tax system changing here in the state. And so I think the strategy is continue with sort of this methodical, um, you know, growth. Yeah, I love it. And I think that if you have uh, the creativity that we have in the state and, and within your office, Bob, that we can find ways around the, and uh, the, that there are ways around the sort of uh, incentive competition that that race to the bottom that I described. For example, one idea that that's come up recently is you know if you do attract uh, additional uh, factories from Amazon or if you do attract uh, a Tesla to town to to make their sort of Model Two car or whatever it may be those corporations could could also grant you know one percent um, to to the state for entertainment um, since they're already probably going to negotiate favorable tax uh, incentives and outcomes so just there's there's all sorts of ways to do it um, again keeping cost of living low in Tennessee is is also just you have to factor it in like you said it's it's about the bottom line. So, uh, Bob, you've been great. Uh, so proud to have you on a uh, wonderful conversation. Uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet, find your office and, uh, maybe even on social media where they can reach out to you or, or your uh, office? Yeah. You know, I tell everybody go to tnentertainment.com. That's, that's, that's the best place to go to. It has, you can find me. It has my cell number on the on the website. <laughs> um, it has my email on the website. Living dangerously. Uh, yeah, right. Um, you know, go to tnentertainment.com. Uh, I think when you go there first, you'll be like, this is a government website. Um, you know, uh, but uh, but go. That's where you will find, you know, our production directive, our creative directories, you know, all, all the incentives information, all the location database information, anything that you need to sort of get acclimated to what we do and what the state offers. And then always feel free to um, call the office. 
you know, we have a, we have a small, but very mighty staff, (laughs) um, and that I'm very proud of. And, um, you know, and thank you for having me, you know, I, I, you know, I've enjoyed our conversation and, you know, it really is a privilege to serve the creative class here in our state. I, I, I have never, ever took that for granted, um, in, in my years. And so I, um, I appreciate you having me on, allowing me to talk about, you know, something that I love, you know, dearly. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do it again soon. Absolutely. And, and Bob, we'll end it on this. In 2018, the state announced that it was looking for a replacement for the hit show Nashville. Do you have any surprises under your cap? And how is the search going? <laughs> um, maybe we have some coming up very soon I, I can never really say but what i will <laughs> what i will say is that i have that very long pipeline and i do have a couple things that are um peeking around the corner as we sort of get over this pandemic and we sort of get over this last hump we hope um i i i think everybody will see something coming soon <laughs> i'm I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> Super excited. Uh, Bob, keep up the great work. Thank keep you, doing you your too. thing. I hope to see you in person soon again. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It, Bonsai Creative, and the show will pop right up. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, Go to www.bonsai.film and click on Book Us to schedule a free discovery meeting and needs assessment. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.